Thank you for listening to CG Life with Steve Quartz. It's my hope that today's message will help you find and live the extraordinary life Jesus gives. After listening to this podcast, I'd like to invite you to connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram for more updates and resources. I'm glad you're with us today. Over the past several weeks, we've been spending some time talking together about the pandemic and uh, soul care, how we can live through this pandemic and take care of our souls. You probably are like I am right now. You're finally getting into a pandemic routine, and we're just now beginning to figure out how to make this uh, very unusual time work in our personal lives. I, uh, uh, as I'm settling down in this pandemic routine, I'm finding it to be a little bit of a challenge. You probably are too, because it's so abnormal. And uh, yet, though, it is a, a hard time, and, and for so many people, a horrendous time, uh, one, of, one of the issues on my heart is this. I, I want us to be very, very sure that you and I don't waste the opportunities of this pandemic. Though the challenges are real, beyond a shadow of a doubt, this pandemic also comes with opportunities. It's important for us as we're here in this season and in this moment to ask, how can we make the most of this time? And I wanna ask the question today, how can we make the most of this time spiritually? Now, the Apostle Paul points us in a great direction in a challenge that he gives to Timothy in 1 Timothy. He says to Timothy this, he says, of all the things that you do, whatever you do, of all the things that you do with your life, he said, train yourself in godliness. And he said, now, physical training is, is good. It has some benefits. But he goes on to tell Timothy, he said, nothing compares to training in godliness. It has benefits, Paul tells Timothy, both for the life now and for life eternal. Now, what he's doing is he's saying, Timothy, whatever else you do or you don't do, be sure that you spend your life training like an athlete trains uh, to compete and to compete well. Spend your life training your soul, training your faith so that you can live faithfully, so that you can live fruitfully. A life that is effective for Christ is one that's always undergoing training, just like an athlete who's preparing for the Olympics is always undergoing training. Now, today I want to give you uh, some uh, uh, help and I want to give you a word of challenge. I want to help you today to see and understand one of the most, in fact, I believe it is the most important discipline that a, a believer can maintain in his or her life for soul health and for spiritual well-being. And then I want to challenge you directly and specifically not to waste this pandemic. Uh, by all means, keep washing your hands. And by all means, keep up with the social distancing. By all means, by all means, by all means. But don't waste the opportunity of this pandemic, particularly the opportunity that comes 
with some additional time, unless you're in the medical field, with some additional time that you have to invest in your own spiritual well-being. I want to challenge you today to do something that will advance your spiritual life like nothing else can and like nothing else will. I'm going to be challenging you to take up a fresh commitment or to make uh, uh, yet another commitment to being in God's Word every single day of this pandemic season, of this time of isolation. Starting right here, starting right now, while life is is very different, life is very changed, while you and I have more margin, most of us, than we typically have, I wanna challenge you to do that. And I wanna invite you today to turn with me to Luke chapter eight. We're going to be looking at verses four through 15 and Jesus' famous parable of the sower and the seed. Here in Luke chapter eight, Jesus gives us to the, the secret to hearing as God speaks in his word. And the scripture says, and when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, Jesus said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on rock, and that is on a rocky soil. Oftentimes in Palestine, there will be a layer of dirt and then limestone under it. It will look like uh, healthy soil, but really it is uh, a soil that is very thin and underneath it, a lot of rock. Some of it fell on the rock, rocky soil, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he said these things, he called out, he who has, and this is critical, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The person who, who has the ability and the desire, uh, the hunger to hear, let him hear. I want you to hear. And, and so Jesus is challenging the crowd, not just to uh, hear in the sense of hearing his words, but to listen and to respond according to the truth that his words reveal. And uh, what he's sharing in this parable is, is really, really important. He's pointing them and he's pointing us to the single greatest requirement that we have to meet in order to hear God as he speaks. You've probably had the experience of hearing God's word read or of reading God's word, and uh, it's as if it has no meaning, no life, uh, no value, no power. Uh, you probably had that experience. If you've walked very, very long with Jesus, you have had that experience. Jesus said there's a reason for this, and, and he gives us the solution for it. Now, the disciples sense that what Jesus is saying is really important. And so they ask him the question that, that others who were thinking about what Jesus has just said were, were thinking themselves. And that is this, what does this parable actually mean? Look with me at verse 11. 
Jesus, the disciples asked Jesus, and this is his reply. He says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, but then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in a time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, that is, as they go on their way in life, they are choked by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and their fruit uh, does not mature. The, what God started in them is not allowed to finish in them because the word is choked out of them. As for that, in the good soil, Jesus says, these are those who, again, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and a good heart, and they bear fruit with patience. So here what we have is Jesus teaching with, uh, using one of his favorite methods for teaching, and that is the parable. Uh, he, he often uses parables to show us how God works and then to show us how we should respond. And here he's telling the story of an event that is familiar to all of his first century hearers. It's the story, watch this now, of the fortunes of seeds scattered over a, a field containing four different kinds of soil. And as is typical, Jesus doesn't tell people what it means because he wants them to think, because he wants them to make the effort, because he wants them to reflect on what he said and uh, ask themselves questions. He wants them to ask what the disciples ask. What is this all about? And uh, he gives them that opportunity by telling them the story. Now, as I said, the disciples take him up on that. And uh, what he says to them is vital for us. Not everybody hears the word. Not everybody can hear the word because they're not around the scripture. They, they don't have access to the scripture. Not everybody can hear the word. Not everybody uh, takes the opportunity to hear the word. But Jesus says among those who do have the opportunity and take it, there are four kinds of responses, four kinds of responses, four kinds of soils, if you will, that will receive the very same kind of seed, but with four very different kinds of response. And, and as he unpacks this, what he shows us is, this is why you can have the same passage of scripture, you can have the same teaching, you can have the same uh, sermon, and, and you can have different kinds of responses. One person can hear a teaching, one person can read a passage of scripture, and their lives are changed forever. One person can read it, hear it taught, hear it preached, and they go away exactly as they came to it. Why? Jesus says it is ultimately a matter of the heart condition and uh, the uh, uh, soil condition made up by the heart, the uh, habits they have, and the hope they bring. Uh, 
So I want us to look at that today. These are important. The habits we have, the hearts we bring, and the hopes we maintain directly impact our ability to hear from God in His Word when He speaks. Uh, there can't be a real hearing of the Word of God, and there can't be the fullness of life that God promises His Word will give unless these three things are right, our habits, our hearts, and our hopes. Let's look at them. First, I want you to see, look with me just at verse 4, and uh, look with me at the, at the requirement for a right habit. Now, this is important. Uh, the scripture says, and when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said to them, he spoke to them. Now, we, we take that as uh, uh, Luke setting up the story, which he's doing by all means. But what I want you to see is what we're seeing is a voluntary, a willingness approach to the Son of God and a desire to hear what he says. And as a part of Jesus' three-year ministry, there were people who habitually followed him wherever they heard he was, they went there because they wanted to hear the words he had to speak. And so these crowds model for us what is first always required of us as a necessity. And that is that we put ourselves in a place where God's words can be received and where they can be heard. And, and the challenge is that we do it not just once, but that we do it continually, that we do it uh, habitually. God's word and God's wisdom say in Proverbs 8, this, blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. I am continually struck by the presence of a hunger for the Word of God that I see in the lives of men and women that God uh, used in, in the Scripture, that I see in the lives of men and women that God has used in church history. I, I continue to be amazed. There, God uses people from every walk of life, from every background uh, imaginable, but there's always this one quality about them that is universal, and that is this. They have this hunger to hear, to have a word from God, and, and they come to him again and again and again and again. For me, Peter stands out in the New Testament. He models this uh, attitude uh, so very, very well. In John chapter six, you might remember the story. Uh, Jesus has just laid down a really heavy word. And these crowds that had habitually come to him to hear what he had to say, decided that they were pretty much done with hearing what he had to say because the cost, as he expressed it, of following him was far higher than they were willing to pay. And so this, this teacher, this Jesus, this very son of God who had attracted literally thousands of people to hear him, suddenly they are all leaving. And Jesus turns to his disciples and he asks them, are you going to leave me as well? Will you leave me as well? 
This was a hard word. So will you stay or will you go? And I love Peter's answer to him. He says, he answers Jesus' question with a question and he says, Lord, to whom, to whom shall we go? Where can we go? And then he says, for you have the words of life. That's it. That's it. That's it. We have nowhere else to go. Now, your words can be heavy. Uh, your words can be challenging. Your words can even be a little frightening. They can be convicting as well as encouraging. I know all of that, Peter says, but here's what I also know. Nobody has the words that produce life, that lead to life, that direct us to life like you have. So as for me, Peter says, I'm not going anywhere because there's nowhere else for me to go for the life that I need. Every man and every woman that God has ever used, uh, regardless of their background, has had that same kind of hunger and conviction about the Word of God. I'm not going to go, they decide. I'm not going to go anywhere else except to the God of the universe for the words that give life. I must have your words. And to have his words, you and I have to have the habit of habitually coming to his word to hear him speak by it and through it and in it. You know as well as I do that habits, they make or break us. This habit is, is a habit that's guaranteed to make you and to make me more like Jesus. This is the habit that is guaranteed to make us and keep us strong in him no matter what life brings. I, I'm telling you, this is the habit that you and I need for a pandemic time. This is the habit that you and I need for, for a time when success is everywhere. When success comes, this is the habit that keeps us grounded. When, when pandemics come, this is, the, this is the habit that keeps us strong. There is simply no substitute for a life that is lived daily saying to God what uh, Samuel said as a little boy in the Old Testament where he said, uh, as God was trying to speak to him, he said, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Don't waste your pandemic. Don't waste this pandemic. Now's the time. Don't, don't let fear undermine your faith. This is your opportunity. This is your hour. This is your moment to build into your life or to reinforce in your life this one ongoing habit of encountering God and His will and His purpose and His ways, His direction and guidance for your life in His Word. We've got to have the right habit.
and it is a daily habit of seeking God's will as found in his word. Now, to that habit, though, we've got to bring the right hearts. And we see Jesus unpack that for us in verses 12 to 15. There really can't be a true hearing of the word of God, and there can't be the fullness of life that God's words bring to life unless we have both the habits, the right habits, and the right hearts. There is a particular condition that Jesus calls for. Let's look at this passage together. Let me show it to you. Again, he says there are four possible heart conditions uh, that hearers bring to hearing the word of God. Some don't hear it, we already said. Uh, he's not talking about them, but every person who comes under the hearing of the word of God, every person who is hearing this message is approaching actually this message with one of these four heart approaches. Here they are, and, and Jesus unpacks them for us. In verse 12, he says there, the, the first approach is, is, is the approach of the hard path. It, it represents the hard heart, uh, the mind that is close to what God has to say and refuses to take it in. They hear the word. They're not uh, absent from the word, but they are close to whatever God has to say, and they will not take it in. They allow the devil to come and take it away as soon as it is delivered to them. It is a hard path. It is a hard heart. The second is uh, the, the heart that represents or is represented by shallow or rocky ground. Those whose hearts, uh, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy, Jesus says, but it isn't allowed to go deep into their lives. God's word is celebrated, his promises are celebrated, uh, his portrait is celebrated as a God who is, for example, faithful and generous and good and kind and merciful and all of those things. But those truths aren't integrated into life and they're not lived out. They're simply celebrated. And when life gets hard, Jesus says, and his word, all those promises and his character qualities when those things seem to be untrue, that word is very easily then abandoned and those people move on to something else for their comfort and their joy. Uh, what started dies. It, it never really was rooted. It never really became a part of them. And so uh, the, the gospel of Jesus is, is a good news that uh, they, they are glad to hear uh, about, but they never really take it into their hearts. They never really take it to heart. And when life gets hard and it seems like God's failed them or God's word has failed them or God's word isn't true, they step away from it and they move on. Some of you have always wondered why uh, there are people who profess faith in Jesus and uh, suddenly this happens or that happens and, and they're gone and you, you, you wonder, how could that be? Well, this is, this is how that can be. Look with me in verse 14. Jesus says there's not only a, a hard path that represents a hard heart and uh, a, a shallow or a rocky ground that represents those who uh, receive the word in the moment but don't uh, really take it into their lives. There, there is also a, a response to the word of God that is like thorny ground. Verse 14, here are hearts that actually hear the word and the word begins to take root in their lives. It begins to be applied. It begins to, to be taken seriously. It begins to make changes in their lives. 
But uh, as they live, as life goes on, Jesus says, they come to be distracted by lesser things. The cares, Jesus names these, the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of this life uh, begin to grow uh, uh, in their lives as well as the word. And uh, just like weeds typically overcome the plants we want to grow, these weeds begin to overcome the word because they're fed, they're nurtured, and, and time in the word is not. So God's word, once heard, actually gets drowned out by other voices uh, offering a, a better life now. Uh, cares can say, oh, if you don't solve this problem, then life is never going to be what it should be. You have to fix what's wrong. And so rather than leading into God and depending upon him for what he's promised to do for you, you lean on your own understanding and you try to fix your own cares. Or, or there will be the voice of riches or the voice of pleasures that says, here, we're really worth living for. Uh, we're really worth seeking. Um, and, and typically the, the uh, deal that's brokered is this deal. Uh, God is good for eternity, but we're better for the here and now. Now, as a result of this, Jesus says the, the fruit of these people who are genuine believers doesn't ever really mature. They start well in their faith, but they don't finish well for Christ. Their spiritual lives never reach their full potential or their impact. And, and I suppose that in a way, today's message is especially for these people. There are no doubt those listening who have uh, hard hearts and others who's who have heard the gospel and you, you've, res, you've responded with a lot of excitement, but it's never really driven itself down into your life. Jesus wants all three groups of people that we've already talked about to, to look hard at their own lives and their own hearts and at least be honest about where they are. But I, I think probably here when it comes to this pandemic and being sure that we don't waste this pandemic, this may be the group of people we need to hear this, this message the most. Here's what's happened in your life. This very likely. Before the pandemic, before COVID-19, you were very busy. You were pressed and pulled here and there. Maybe you have kids, maybe you don't. Your kids are here, your kids are there, you're, you're driving them here and there and you're keeping them involved and you're keeping yourself involved and you're trying to maintain relationships here and relationships there. And the truth of the matter is you were living before this pandemic at about 120 miles an hour. You were living exhausted, stretched thin. Um, a lot of, of you were discovering uh, or have discovered now that you really had neglected your marriage, you, you in some ways had neglected your kids and don't really know them, they don't really know you. Um, you've been living at, a, at such a kind of a crazy uh, pace that you were doing a lot of damage to yourself and you didn't know it. Many, many of us living in, in that frenetic kind of pace the first person we started to neglect was, was Jesus. Uh, he doesn't shout, he doesn't scream, he doesn't yell. He doesn't plead and beg for our attention. 
And so for many followers of Jesus, when life gets busy, uh, when the cares of this world, pleasures of this world, the riches of this world come calling, he's, it's very easy for us to set him to the side. And when we pause, as we almost have to do now, because so much has been taken away from us, and we look, honestly look at our spiritual lives, we can look back in our, in our life stories and, and see times when God was so good and faithful to us. And in response to him, we were, we were faithful to him with, with good and faithful hearts, as Jesus describes in verse 15. Something happened along the way. Life happened along the way. And while we started really well, and we, we can look back on seasons when, when God was so close and so real, we look at the present and one of the gifts of this pandemic to us is to realize that somehow, some way, and it probably happened slowly over time, something else came to be what we lived for. And the Christ that deep in our hearts we, we, we love and that we've given our lives to somewhere along the way, he got pushed to the margin. And the reality of the matter is that this pandemic, if we pause to think, if we pause to look at the soils that Jesus is presenting, is exposing some unfaithfulness in our lives. Where with our kids, our families, our marriages, we've made Jesus something less than what he should be. He hasn't had priority. He hasn't gotten our attention. He hasn't had our hearts. There is a fourth soil that Jesus speaks to, and it's right here that he shows us how it is that God's word is heard and heard clearly. In verse 15a, Jesus describes the good soil. It represents the hearts of those hearers who hold the word fast. In other words, they, they listen regularly, they listen attentively, they listen actively. They take what they hear and, and they turn it into obedient action. The secret to hearing is found then not only in the habit of hearing, but in the condition of the heart. When the heart is, as Jesus says, honest and good, that is to say its, it's motives are obedience, its motives are submissiveness, its motives are readiness. There is, the good soil comes to the word of God and the healthy heart comes to the word of God saying, Lord, it is in me, it is my desire to do what you want to have done. It is my heart's desire to be the person that you've called me to be. And I realize I cannot do and I cannot be what you have for me to do and be if I don't have your word speaking and you speaking into my life. And so when this good soiled heart, if you will, comes to the word of God, it comes with a readiness, a willingness to submit, to obey, and to accept all that God says without any argument. And when this happens, it's, 
then that the word is heard and, and experienced in all of its power. Um, I, have, I have seen this happen in life after life after life after life. And uh, one of my greatest joys in ministry has been to see genuine believers discover this principle and be absolutely shocked and surprised by it. They it's like, God really does speak. I'm, uh, I mentor quite a few pastors as a part of my ministry now. And uh, I, I'm mentoring a, a young man in, in New England. And I mentor him by Zoom. And uh, one of the things that he shared with me not too long ago was that as a busy pastor, he had been neglecting spending time in the Word. And I know that's shocking. You think, oh, pastor who isn't in the Word? Was he not preaching? Well, yeah. But he wasn't spending time in the Word for himself. And I challenged him. I challenged him to go back to the Word like he had years before and to go with that obedience, that submissiveness, that readiness that is the mark of a good uh, and honest heart. And I said to him, I dare you, and just see what happens in your ministry. We talked a few days ago, and he was like a completely different man. He said, he said in the, even in the midst of this virus, he said, my ministry is better, my marriage is stronger, my family is doing so much better, and they haven't changed, I have. He said, I feel alive again. And for so many of you, the cry of your heart is exactly that, is precisely that. It's been a long time since you felt alive in Christ. It's all a matter of habit and heart condition. It's, it's when the word is heard with a heart that is honest and good, that is ready with obedience and submissiveness that the word is heard and experienced in all its power. Finally, there can be no real hearing of the word of God, Jesus shows us, and no fullness of life in God if we don't have the right hopes. Do you see that at the end of verse 15? Jesus adds that the good soil not only represents a heart that holds fast to the word in goodness and honesty, but also is a heart that bears fruit, he says, with patience. In other words, the true hearer of the word comes to it believing that the word of God will bear consequences, will bear fruit in their lives, the, the fruit of the consequences that it's meant to bring about. Their hope, their confidence is in the truthfulness and the power of God's words. And so they patiently apply it to their lives and they apply it with hope. They're absolutely convinced and they're confident God's word applied to their lives will accomplish his good purposes. That the reason God spoke his word will, will, will be realized. That his word doesn't return void. That there isn't a, 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 an hour, there isn't a half hour that they spend daily in the word of God that is ever wasted because God has given to his word a purpose and with that purpose, a power. And every person who invests in it sees God's word accomplish what it was meant to accomplish. 
they're absolutely convinced that as they come to the word, God's word will, will accomplish his purposes, never return to him void, will direct their paths, address their sins, will show them their true condition all along the way, just like a mirror. They're absolutely convinced that God's word will nourish their souls, will correct them, will reprove them, will encourage them, and will always do it right on time. They're absolutely convinced that God's word will change their lives and give them what they need. And what they need and what they want more than anything is a life like Christ. Now, loved ones, no habit is formed, no heart is kept right, and no hope is kept alive without a plan. And you may be thinking about uh, this point, you know, I get all that, and you may, but you may be thinking, you know, what do I do? So where to from here? Well, I wanna, I wanna give you three steps and I wanna give you an invitation. First of all, step one, I, I wanna challenge you to use the mirror that Jesus gives here. And answer the question, what, what kind of heart soil have you been living with? What is this pandemic showing you? Have you been living with a heart soil that's been hardened and resistant, shallow and easy, crowded and starving, or good and full? I wanna challenge you to use the mirror Jesus gives us here. Secondly, I wanna challenge you to examine your own practice of training in godliness. Um, look at your spiritual diet and your, your spiritual exercise. What have, you been, uh, what have you been eating spiritually? How much have you been in the Word? How much are you uh, in books and studies about the Bible and how much are you actually in the Bible itself? I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, Trellis and the Vine uh, resource shop is right behind me, and we make all kinds of books available that are solid and uh, um, beneficial for the Christian life. But not one of them compares to the Bible because the Bible is the Word of God. There's no substitute for it. So it's important to ask how much of the Word are you actually taking in? How much direct word to soul contact is going on in your life? Preaching is necessary, teaching is necessary, but how much direct contact are you having daily and weekly with the word yourself? How often are you in the word? How are you relating to your Bible right now? Uh, I guess I want to ask, uh, do, you, do you feel guilt just hearing the question? Because you know that you ought to be reading it. You should be reading it more. You should be reading it more often. But maybe the better question is, when was the last time you sat down and read your Bible to hear from God with the desire that he change your life. 
When was the last time the Bible gave you a good spiritual workout? When was the last time the Holy Spirit used his word to inspire you, to correct you, to instruct you, to encourage you? When was the last time you had a meaningful encounter with the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? When was the last time? Finally, I want to challenge you to learn to feed yourself on the Word in order to be spiritually fit. The very best way to start building spiritual health into your life is to learn how to feed yourself daily on the Word. And this involves uh, a spiritual discipline, the most important spiritual discipline, I believe, with all my heart, which, which is uh, what is known as personal devotions or, or quiet times. It's these devotions that if done right and consistently and with a sincere heart, it, it, is, it is this time spent in the Word and in prayer that if done right, uh, keep our hearts well-fed and clear. They're vital to keeping our faith fit and strong. Now, I know a lot of us know this already, and most of us feel some guilt about it, but the fact of, us, uh, fact of the matter is many of us don't know really where to begin and uh, we've struggled finding the time to learn how. I want to say, don't waste the pandemic. Now's the time. Learn how. Maybe you know how, but you've gotten away from it. Don't waste this pandemic. Start using this time to spend time again in the Word. Um, some of us have tried. Uh, and we couldn't really make the connection. We never really were taught how to self-feed. And we couldn't make it work in any consistent, practical, or meaningful way. And um, the spiritual training, whatever that was from the past that we've, we've received, didn't help. So you were never shown effectively how to feed on God's Word in order to follow Christ. If this is anywhere close to where you are, if you're hungry for a deeper and more consistent relationship with Christ, then I have an invitation for you. I'm blessed to be one of those followers who had the opportunity to be discipled when I was young, to be trained in how to self-feed. I've also had the opportunity of uh, theological education that not everybody gets. I've had the uh, great privilege of, of pastoring and shepherding and seeing lives changed and transformed by the Word of God and the sad experience of seeing lives unchanged because there wasn't a connection and a regular embrace of the Word of God. So over the past uh, many, many years of my life, uh, I've developed and had a personal quiet time and, and have developed a process that helps me to hear from God and receive His words of life, to cling to them and apply them throughout my day. And after years of watching and hearing from faithful followers of Jesus struggle with having a healthy, life-giving time in God's Word. I began a couple of years ago to put together a plan and a process that was uh, built around my own and to put it together so that I could teach it to others. And from this have come one of two journals that I call uh, Reading and Reflecting, which is a daily time in the Word 
and then another journal that I've entitled Prayer and Intercession. And both of these journals are meant to be used uh, together for daily personal devotions or quiet times alone with God. Um, the process that is used is one that's structured without being restrictive. You can use it for 15 to 20 minutes or you can use it for an hour or longer. And while I know there are hundreds of devotional books and materials that are available today, what I've tried to do in this process is to get you into direct contact with the Word of God, soul to word, word to soul contact. And so reading and reflecting is based on a clear step-by-step -step process that encourages believers to meet with God in the Bible itself on a daily basis. It uh, is designed to help you not only encounter God in the moment of quiet time, but also throughout the day, remembering and recalling what it was that God has said to you. Now, we've got a couple of resources, and this is where I want to go. I don't want you to waste the pandemic. Uh, here are the resources that I want to make available to you. Number one, there's training for spending time in uh, God's Word using the reading and reflecting process that is found online on our website at cglife.org. If you go to resources, you'll find it there. They're also uh, available, there is also available there the materials from reading and reflecting that you can download and begin to use. One other thing I wanna do for you, and that is this, uh, if you will come by the church this week from 8.30 to 5.30, uh, we're going to have these available out in front of the church office for free. So if you will come by, I, I want to give you one of these. I, I want you to have this because I don't want you to waste your pandemic. I want you to use it to build the habit that strengthens your heart, that allows you to fix your hope daily on Christ, that uh, uh, frees you up to be the man, the woman, the student, uh, the boy, the girl that God wants you to be. I want you to see your Bible differently. I want you to use your Bible differently. I want you to appreciate your Bible more fully as a book that applies to your everyday life. So I just want to end saying this. What might it be like? What might your life be like? How might your life be changed? How might your family, your marriage, your relationships be changed and transformed if during this pandemic you set your heart and your mind on things above, as Paul says in Colossians 3.1, and you did that by coming again and again and again to God's Word. I want to challenge you to take what we call the 60-day challenge. You'll find it inside the cover of this book. I want to challenge you for whatever's left of this pandemic to take the 60-day challenge to be in the Word every day and see if God will not, by His Word and by His Spirit, change your life and begin to make incredible changes in the lives of those around you as He's set free to work in you and then to work through you. Loved ones, now is the time. This is the place. Here's your opportunity. Dig deep in the Word. Learn to feed yourself. We want to help you. The tools are available. Reach out. Get them. And let's see 
what God will do in our souls, even in the midst of this pandemic. I love you. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you. Stay well. Stay in the Word. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoy these podcasts, take a moment to rate and review CG Life with Steve Kortz. My prayer is that God will continue to inspire and challenge you in Christ as week by week we apply the gospel faith to real life.